0: Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard.
1: Assumptions are the number one reason we've fail in our expectations when hiring and raising capital. Assumptions are drawn when we don't invest the time to listen to all parties. Asking deeper questions to gather data to support an accurate decision is crucial. What is not uncovered is the reason we make bad hires because we inject our own assumptions, needs, bias where the evidence should be. This especially holds true in your hiring process when your needs and desires cloud what is most important, and that is the truth. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win the right hires by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders, like our guest today, Mr. Brian Franco. Brian is the founder and managing partner of Meritage Partners. Brian strives for excellence in fairness in deal structure and has deeply intuitive understanding of the importance of companies' compatibility He has represented and completed deals with an extremely diverse set of small and mid-sized businesses, private equity groups, and public companies in a number of industries, and has significant experience working with companies in architecture and engineering, healthcare, manufacturing, logistics, wellness, AI, software, and technology, and professional services. Man, I felt like Eminem just there. I was (laughs) rapping. (laughs) Brian is an expert in aligning expectations in the M&A process, which is what makes Brian the perfect expert for today's topic. Brian, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thanks for having me. Good to be Great here. to have you. We're going to combine efforts because you do a lot of work in M&A and I do a lot of work in hiring and there's a lot of correlations, especially when you're talking about managing expectations.
0: Absolutely.
1: We're going to talk about managing expectations with market conditions when fundraising and hiring, the importance of that, and also a three-step process to achieving expectation alignment. Sound like a plan?
0: It sounds like a great plan. Yeah. All right, let's do it.
1: Let's talk about the challenge today because the biggest problem, as I mentioned at the very top of the show, is assumption people make assumptions based on their own needs their own desires and their bias when we go to a situation where people are interviewing there's a lot well I like the person he felt like it was a really good person so I'm going to hire him they don't really dig underneath the hood of who that person is and whether or not they're in alignment with the organization
0: absolutely you can look under the hood as you illustrated but what's driving that engine in that hood what's really propelling that individual and we think about that in situations where we are working with a client that's let's say looking to raise capital very similar in the sense that you are aligning talent with companies, and we are aligning capital with businesses.
1: Which is funny, because a lot of people put diligence into that part, and they forget about the hiring piece. It's not as important. But you should
0: put as much diligence into both. 100% agree. So hopefully that will provoke some thought and as we dive into this and give some direction.
1: Well, as somebody who's helping people raise capital, how important is the team?
0: So the team's crucial. Ultimately, let's say the capital providers that are looking at investment opportunity, are going to provide capital to, yes, the idea, yes, the vision, but who is it that's going to execute on that vision? Is that the right individual or group of individuals? And so when we think about this and talk about this, you're working to align the right person for a role in an organization. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, if you didn't do your job, or if you're working with fundraisers that need the team, right, or they don't have the team yet, it could be a make or break of a deal.
1: Yeah. And I would imagine it should be, because if you don't have the right people on the bus, then why would you write a check?
0: Capital providers are going to provide checks to capital raisers as soon as they understand the opportunity, as soon as they understand that the team that's been put together to execute on that is the best team possible. So you're putting together this all-star team, let's call it. I always talk about capital raisers. They're asking for capital, but what does capital buy us? Capital buys us time, not only in business, but in life. So let me illustrate.
1: Not in a startup, it doesn't buy any (laughs) any extra time. Yeah,
0: No, not extra time, but just time in general. I always illustrate it as a runway. The goal of an airplane is to get in the air. And if it's not, you shouldn't get on that airplane, number one, tie that and throw that back to capital providers. In providing capital to an opportunity startup, they're going to need runway to take off, to bring their vision to market. And so we think what propels that, you have the runway, you have the engine or engines on the airplane, and then you have the fuel driving that. And so the goal is that these, Three elements intersect and get that airplane into the air. If they don't, think about it. There's catastrophic results.
1: Well, and a startup is you're going down the runway trying to bolt on the wings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before right. You get to the end of yeah. it, you
0: don't want to be realizing you need wings as you're sitting on the tarmac. This is part of your plan. This is part of your vision. It reminds me of Amazon. Amazon went out to raise capital last century. When they did, they didn't expect to have any profit for the first four to five years. So imagine if you and I were raising capital right now and we were telling investors hey, look, this is going to be the best business, the best platform, but we're not going to give you any money for the next five years. How's that sound? It's a difficult...
1: Well, it's setting expectations. It so. is setting that, expectations. That brings us back to our topic right? today. They set the expectations and did they return a profit within those four to five years?
0: No, which is fine, but so as long as So that... the
1: investors were along for the long-term haul though.
0: Correct. Not all investors are, but there are definitely investors out there that do have those expectations and have that understanding. So as long is that they can see the pathway, even if that pathway to profitability five years down the road. They just need to be able to see it today.
1: When we're talking about expectations alignment, this is really important because you set the stage that, hey, look at, we're not going to be able to make you any money in the first five years. You have to be realistic about who you are and what you are and how you're going to grow the organization. Because again, that's a prime example of how they grew a business into a trillion dollar empire.
0: That's where it's key to really align founders and investors, because if you align the wrong investor, you're going to fall short because you're not going to meet their expectations. And if you find the wrong investor, they're not going to meet your expectation as a capital raiser.
1: There's a very close correlation between Mm -hmm. what you do and what I do, because you're trying to match the right person with that organization. A lot of this comes down to cultural value alignment oh, too. I
0: was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah.
1: If you buy into my plan and you align with our organizational values, then you've got a really strong win-win situation there.
0: That's exactly right. And cultural alignment is key. And it's not something you see on a resume in your world. And it's not something we see on a pitch deck in our world. So you should. You should, I'm right? pitch
1: decks, so they should have yeah. that.
0: That's a great thought. How do you measure culture? How do you do it in your practice?
1: In the beginning, you really don't have a culture. You just have basically the values of the leaders. But those are what shape the culture. That is the content in which you're building this nucleus. You can build on top of that. If you know who each individual is and somehow they can bring together the best parts of themselves and make that their cultural values, it creates a very strong, powerful tool for them to be successful.
0: You're absolutely right. So as you're doing that, you have to be coachable. You have to be open-minded. As a visionary or the one with a vision for a startup, it's important to be focused and sometimes laser focused, but not be so rigid that you're perceived as a rebel or cowboy or cowgirl. Because
1: there's a fine line there. I guess I'd rather be a rebel than a cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, there's some bit of rebelliousness that like, if you look at Steve Jobs, if you look at all these successful entrepreneurs that have built their company from, they were all rebels. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah. If you remember Steve Jobs, he stepped away from Apple for about 12 years. Well, he got fired. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it, it depends if you're reading his book or the news. But <laughs> story goes, he got fired, stepped yeah. away. But he was the visionary, and, and that's great. We need that, and we want to inspire that and feed that. But there again, I wonder what the outcome would have been if he wasn't gone for those 12 years, how much further they would have gone in that time frame.
1: Who knows? Why is expectation alignment important to a company?
0: Understanding alignment empowers us to truly understand... How how to meet the expectations, not only the expectations of the fundraiser, but the capital providers, because meeting those expectations, that's where we find success.
1: And having realistic expectations are super important. A lot of times you want things to happen really quickly and you want to grow quickly, but you never know what's going to happen in the future. You have to plan for the worst.
0: And what really helps with that is looking into the future, you have to look to the past. When you look at the leadership team of an organization, you want to look at what personal goodwill or what collateral do they come along with in terms of past experiences, past successes. And it could be failures as well. Because I always say when you look at a failure, a business that doesn't achieve what it set out for, and there's money lost, I tend to look at that as that's a tuition for a lesson that was learned. Not everyone wants to pay tuitions over and over again. Well,
1: if you're an investor, no, you don't want to pay those tuitions. But it's part of that. If you're an investor, you have to invest in a lot of different companies.
0: Relevant experience is necessary and important for the leaders of an organization. Very true. All
1: right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host Rick Girard and for our podcast listeners we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find a link to pre-order my new book, Healing Career Wounds, which is going to be released on May 20th. Let it be your startup's secret weapon to winning the strongest hires. Our guest today is Brian Franco. He's the founder and managing partner of Meritage Partners, and we're discussing managing expectations. So we just talked a little bit about why it's important to your company that you really communicate and manage expectations properly. Don't make assumptions. But now we're going to talk about how to solve the problem. So you have a three-step process that we can run through right now that'll really help you to do a great job in this. And hopefully that'll help you raise capital and it'll also help you land great talent.
0: Correct. Yeah. To dive into that, we need to identify what is achievable. We do that by listening to the client and understanding what it is they're looking to achieve. And yes, it's capital or raising capital, but ultimately that capital is going to be used to bring their vision to fruition. Once you can understand and absorb from this listening exercise, then you educate the client or we work on it educating the client at that point and help them understand what the market is likely to offer them and then working to align their expectations with market practices and market offerings sometimes those don't align and some will say well there's a disconnect between reality and their vision
1: oh that happens all the time in hiring I've gotten people that have actually raised funding and now they think they're the next Facebook they only want to hire people out of Facebook <laughs> who have gone to Cornell or Stanford or they have these uh, what I like to call Ferrari expectations with the yougo budget really <laughs> you don't have that ability to attract that person unless that person is properly positioned. So three steps, we have identify what is achievable, we have education, and then we have plan and equip. So let's talk about identifying what's achievable. So listening is a skill that I find is lacking today because a lot of times we inject our own assumptions into it, which is why I opened up with that. It's been my experience where I have managers that I've worked with for years, and they talk and talk and talk, and they don't really listen. And so they're telling the person everything that they need to know in the interview for them to be able to just feed it back to them and then they think the interview went really well
0: it's an illusion
1: it is and then they're surprised when they don't work out
0: you're exactly right and for us in our practice if we behave that way or follow that same format we would find and have found ourselves in these what i'll call the exercises of futility where we're yep. just disconnected we're not understanding and if we don't understand how in the world are we going to help them manage their expectations when we can't articulate it ourselves after listening to them.
1: I heard this quote, you don't listen to respond, you listen to understand. And then understanding is the key to truth. And then truth is your springboard to success. Uh, That's really where you want to put yourself into a position where like, hey, look at I understand everything that's going on around me because I listen.
0: Yeah, it's exactly right. That's really
1: hard for salespeople, by the way, because we It is. My first, probably three quarters of my career, I was just too busy selling.
0: Yeah. Same here. I think again, I mean, that's really what we find and you go through this humbling stage when you discover that whatever it is that you're selling a product or a service, you may have someone's attention for that moment in time, but did you really bring them to an action? Did you call them to an action? Or did they engage with you in a way where they were purchasing your product or service? Maybe they do. Sometimes you hope sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not all the time, but that's where the humility comes in is that you get no's more than you get yeses. Oh yeah.
1: I've gotten so yeah. many no's throughout my career. <laughs> I mean. But, you know, what I was taught early in my career was no just gets you closer to your yes. Correct. So just embrace the no's, love the no's. And then no just is saving you time. At least you're getting a no. Better than getting ghosted because that's the worst, <laughs> right? It, it really is. Chasing somebody. I have stories I've told on air where it's taken me like 37 days to get in touch with somebody. I've always been pleasantly persistent. So like I just kept going and going and going until I finally got them on the phone.
0: Yeah. And that's what it takes though. Yeah. If you didn't pick up that phone that second or third or 15th time, Time, that's where you learn about people and you figure out how, once you do get on the call with them or in the meeting with them, you listen to them. We're always so eager to say what we intended to say once we connected with them.
1: Yeah, so identifying what's achievable is listening. Also, understanding what the business needs as opposed to what you think you need. That's always a really interesting conversation because it is. the business doesn't necessarily need what your ego needs. Your ego mm-hmm. needs somebody from Facebook because yeah. it looks good to your investors. Correct. But the business doesn't necessarily need that the business just needs the strongest person who's going to get whatever department to the next level
0: that's exactly right i see it as a business is an entity and an entity can outlive a human yeah and so therefore we should look at an entity as its own being and it doesn't have an ego it doesn't we have egos yeah
1: we're the flaw in the business (laughs) we just we just found this the glitch in the matrix (laughs) we did
0: (laughs) but we need each other right yeah you know? Well, absolutely. Well, at least until AI can figure out how to, how how to, to replace start us. Yeah. <laughs> so we can all sit on the beach and eat bonbons <laughs> and then
1: feed the machine. Exactly. Physically. Exactly. Oh, That's a scary thought. Let's get to the education piece. What type of education would I need in order for me to be up to date with what is needed for the business?
0: The business doesn't need any educating, as we talked about, if we consider it as its own being. Who needs the education is those who founded the business or those who are running the business. When it comes to raising capital clients need to be educated as to what should they be looking for it's not always a dollar amount for the most part it starts with a dollar amount but the terms are as important as the dollars raised
1: and who's writing the
0: check and who's writing the check earlier we talked about some companies needing years not months to get to a place of profitability if you're pitching to investors that are investing in existing businesses with existing cash flow. And perhaps those investors aren't coming to the table with full equity. They could be coming and bringing capital to your business with a combination of both debt and equity. And if the debt portion of the capital that they're bringing is a larger portion than the equity, if you fast forward, that's a disappointing ending to a story. Because again, if there's no cash flow to debt service, the debt, you're out of business. Well, and arguably you don't even get to that point because you're speaking to the wrong investors.
1: Yeah, you need those investors that are in. the long haul.
0: Yeah, exactly. We think about there's three touch points. You have the early stage raise, you have the recapitalization, and then the human expectation is, hey, cash me out and let me go lay on the beach and eat bonbons. So the, li- <laughs> the liquidity event. So educating is key from that standpoint and then aligning with helping the client to understand where they need to align themselves in terms of investors and at what stage of the business. What
1: do you think about the idea of targeting that? I'm just thinking about the work that I do when I help people to do sourcing or recruiting for themselves. So one of the things that I say it's most effective person in the military is a sniper they have a target they hit that and they move on it's not the person with the machine gun just (laughs) all over the place right (laughs) yeah why not Take the approach rather than getting this huge funnel again. The ego likes to think, well, we got 2,000 resumes that came in for this job. Rather than feeding that, target five to ten people, five to ten investors that you want to do business with. Research, network with them, get to the right person, get the introduction from you or from somebody else. LinkedIn is a great spot for that. Why not utilize those resources and then plan your attack around those rather than just throwing shit at a wall and hope something
0: <laughs> sticks. Now we're stepping into the plan and equip. Yeah. And I'm so glad you used the illustration of a sharpshooter and a machine gunist. Is that a word? Machine gunist? I don't Mm -hmm. know. Machine gunner? I don't know. Machine gunner. You're one or the other. So we identify ourselves as we're the sniper. We know our targets. We zero in on those targets. And we focus our time and our energy there because we know that there's alignment there. If you go to market and you take that shotgun blast approach, you're going to waste a lot of your valuable time speaking to or presenting to groups that are just not Relevant to you, and you're not relevant to them. them. No,
1: I would imagine that most of the pitches they actually go on, people who present to angel groups and they do the pitch competitions, completely the wrong audience. Yeah, they don't have the right investors in there. So, you spend a lot of time trying to raise capital, especially at the seed fund ground.
0: So, in our planning with our clients, that's what we do. We have a funnel, we work down that funnel, and we basically find groups that are relevant to the opportunity that exists, and we discover what that opportunity is, as we discussed earlier, by listening, by understanding where they are today, where they're trying to go in the future, and ultimately developing their pitch or their memorandum around that vision and then getting those targets in our scope and focusing on nothing but those targets.
1: It's so much more effective.
0: Absolutely. For yeah. them, for us, just imagine if we ran a firm where we were just shotgun blasting the market. We're going to spend a lot of time. It then becomes an <sighs> exercise exhausting. of futility. Absolutely exhausting.
1: Yeah, that's how most of the recruiting industry works. It's about blasting stuff out. When I first was trained, it, my training was one day of, "Hey, get a resume in, send it out to your 15 clients, cross your fingers, and hope something happens." <laughs> that was like the extent of my training yeah, for but, the most part. Yeah.
0: When you think about that training, though, you stepped into that role. That was the advice you received. And then that training was not the actual training. That was like the igniter. That was but, like conditioning. Yeah, there's a conditioning. Kinda, but the, yeah. the real training came in. No, this is not a match. No, that's not a match. No, they're not a match. That's when you start to understand, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, trial by fire
1: those. Those are costly mistakes though, because they could have been things that would have worked out. So they were costly mistakes in the long run.
0: I do agree. So you're speaking to experience and if there's a lack of experience there, it becomes tiresome for individuals. Oh, you get burned out for sure.
1: What's the thing that you need to equip here? If you're raising capital, what's that one? Boom, here's your blazing sniper rifle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You zero in on the targets, So you quantify and qualify who those potential investors are. That's one piece of it. The second is to develop a Pitch deck that articulates your message in a way that people can gravitate to not only your vision, but understand it, see it, believe it, see the pathway, because you're setting out to accomplish what one hasn't been accomplished before or hasn't been accomplished in the format that you are presenting. If you can't explain why you're different just by saying, hey, we're different, it's not going to go very far and it's not going to carry a lot of weight.
1: And then, of course, you have to develop those relationships. hundred yeah. percent, yes.
0: We're getting pretty close
1: on time. Brian, what would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that can plug into their business today?
0: Okay, so don't get away of your own vision. Don't be too rigid. Be coachable, but also be accountable to your vision, which is contradicting, and it's more of an art than it is a science for that reason. Put an all-star team together. Understand where you- I know a guy who can help with that. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> After the show, let me, you could, maybe you could hook me up. <laughs> I know a couple guys. <laughs> but put that all-star team together where you may be weak, bring on- Someone that's strong in that area, or I could say vice versa, but it all goes the same direction. If you're too rigid, that means typically you are not coachable. If you're not coachable, that could be a problem for check writers and capital providers because they, too, want to participate in that vision. That's why they're writing that check in the first place.
1: Boom. That's really good, valuable information. Thanks, Brian, so much for your time investment today, and I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Thanks,
0: now, thank what you. what would
1: be the best way in which members of our audience could reach you and find out more about you?
0: So email's best. B. Franco. That's B for Brian, F-R-A-N-C-O, at Meritage, M E R I T. A G E partnerscom
1: There you go. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballen, and Ayla Gerard. Please subscribe, review, and share the podcast. We're listening, and we welcome your feedback. After all, this show is for you, Mr. and Mrs. Entrepreneur, everybody who's an entrepreneur. You guys, we're just helping you guys get better. You can join the Higher Power Radio community, Hire, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or drop me an email at at rickettstridesurge.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Today, our guest is going to be Dr. Michael Neal. He's the founder and CEO of Build My Team. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha!
0: Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon, or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate
1: you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success, Rick Gerard, Gerard,
0: Gerard.